Welcome to The Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Hey, welcome back to The Driven Entrepreneur. It's Matt Browning with you another week and we're still going after it. I know you're out there. I get you. You're grinding, you're, you're scratching, you're climbing, or maybe you're on top of the mountain. But either way, one of the biggest things that I see entrepreneurs on a regular basis come and ask questions at speaking and live events is always the same thing. It's how do I balance business and life? And a big part of life is not just family, it's time, but it's health. Um, you know, what in the world, what use is making all the money and even the impact in the world if it's at the sacrifice of your body. So this week, I want to just have a, have a focus on the driven entrepreneur on your health as an entrepreneur and what message you're bringing out to the world through who you're being. And with me is a guest that I can't believe I have on because I have not seen this man in 15 years. That's how far back the relationship goes. It is the legendary one and only Udo Erasmus, the founder of Udo's Choice, which you can find in uh, oils, probiotics, a whole range of health supplements that's in Whole Foods and other health food stores worldwide. He invented the machinery for making oils, enzymes, probiotics, and more. Um, he actually first pioneered in flaxseed oil, uh, all like when healthy fats were first even becoming an idea. Um, I remember reading his book, Fats That Heal, Fats That Kill, a gazillion years ago. And the concept was so foreign to people. No one even understood that there can be good and bad fats and, and we need fat because, you know, America was on this big fat-free diet kick. And uh, so he's a multi-time author, speaker, expert on total sexy health. He does an eight-step process uh, to integrate all the elements of whole health. This guy has given thousands of live presentations. He sold over a quarter million copies of all the different books. And my goodness, we have, I just want to get right into his story. So Udo, are you there, my friend? Welcome to the show. I'm here and I'm ready. Yeah, you are, man. You've been a little, uh, what's the word? Not snippy is the wrong word. What am I looking for? Uh, you have been a handful already in the few minutes before we went to tape. I like you <laughs> and I'm glad to, re <laughs> to reconnect with you, man. So let's real quick tell everyone, um, the last time I saw you, um, I had met you because, well, actually first I met Udo's oil, uh, when I was taking life mastery with Tony Robbins and Scott Harris and Fiji and Scott and I became really good friends. I spent a lot of time in Australia as well with him, but we were taking shots of Udo's oil, little shots of, of essential oils during his life mastery class. And Tony's a big Udo's oil fan. And then one day I save up my funds and my business is, you know, increasing in real estate. And I sign up for platinum partnership with Tony Robbins. That's his high end, you know, mentorship traveling program. And when we go to a, a trip to South Africa, out of the blue, who walks on to the big touring bus, but Udo Erasmus himself with a big camera around your neck. Tell us about South Africa, man. Oh, yeah. South Africa. I would have never gone if it wasn't for being part of Platinum Partnership. Awesome trip. Awesome trip. So many things. It was, you know, the biggest one, though, was uh, I took my camera, took 1500 photos. I love nature photography. And we took pictures of all the animals, like really close, uh, a lioness so close that even her whole head couldn't get in the picture. And then I came home and I had 1500 photos and they were really great photos and my computer ate them all. <laughs> <laughs> computers, 
do they eat photos? I guess they did in 2006, right? Well, computers have different diets, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it was great, man. I mean, we spent a whole week together just, you know, we visited Robin Island, heard yeah. from our Vice President F.W. de Klerk, who won the Nobel Peace Prize with Nelson Mandela. Yeah, yeah and- we spent time in, this, in the cell that Nelson Mandela was locked up in. Just an incredible experience. And and uh, I, was, I was grateful to share that with you. And, you know, I think yeah. about you often and we haven't stayed in touch over the years. But when I saw your name come across, it's like, what a beautiful mm-hmm. way to reconnect to the radio show. And here we are, man. Yeah, here we are. So you, um, you know, before you're doing Platinum Partners, what year did you actually start your first like oil blend? Was it Udo's originally or was it were you trying to sell <laughs> flaxseed out of the trunk of your car? Tell me a little bit of the origin no, story I- of how this thing started. Now, I got poisoned by pesticides in 1980 after my marriage broke up and I was really upset. So I wanted to kill something. I took a job as a pesticide sprayer because that's what we use to kill things and was really careless. After three years, I got poisoned. 1980, I got poisoned, went to the doctor. She said, we don't have anything for pesticide poisoning. And I had background in biochemistry and genetics and sciences general, generally. And I decided to use my science background to try and figure out how to help myself. And I landed in the research on nutrition and health, nutrition and disease, because the body's made out of food plus water and air and light. But I wasn't focused on that. So I was looking at food. I was looking in the research and I got stuck on fats because it was the most confusing area. And the year after I got poisoned, omega-3 was established as an essential nutrient which is something your body can't make, but has to have, therefore has to get from outside. If you don't get enough, your health goes down and it get, you, you, you uh, get deficiency symptoms that get worse with time. And if you don't get enough long enough, you die. So these are the really important building blocks for body construction. That's what they call it. And essential. if you are going down because you're not getting enough, but you bring enough back of any essential nutrient, then all the problems that come from not getting enough are reversed. So omega-3 was established as one of those building blocks. And I got there just when that was established. And I ended up, luckily, by my timing of the poisoning, obviously it wasn't my timing, right in front of that parade. And we just... And I decided to develop oils made with health in mind because oils are the, the most sensitive of our nutrients. They need the most care. We give them the least care. We throw them in the frying pan and turn them into smoke. Obviously, you change the molecules and they become carcinogenic. Smoke is carcinogenic. And so I thought we should be making oils with health in mind, give them the care they need so they retain their health benefits. And if we could bring those back into the diet, we could help. of the population to better health because omega-3s are too low in 99% of the population. And when I found that out and realized they're a nightmare to work with because of their sensitivity, but every cell needs them, nobody's getting enough. I went ballistic. I said, oh my God, we could help so many people if we could make them with health in mind and bring them back to people. And so that was that I, I, you know, we had no money. I had no business background. I just had science background. But the enthusiasm is what carried that entire project. And we were like day and night. We were working all day, driving all night. We went to, in 1988, 101, no, 85 cities, 101 days, 35 states, 17,000 miles by road, and literally talked to anybody who would listen in two years, turned flaxseed oil, which is the richest source of omega-3s, 
that's easily available and affordable into the number two selling oil in the natural food trade. And it was all done on enthusiasm with a whole yeah. bunch of other people who got carried up, you know, caught up in that enthusiasm. But it was like, that was my, my role was I was Mr. Enthusiasm. Well, and, I, and it was basically the enthusiasm was I was born in a war. So I know how crazy things get. And I always want to do things that make quality of life better for people in whatever way I can. And this was like my first life mission. Oh, my God, we could help so many people. That's what drove it. Sure. And then, then now, hey, Udo, tell me about you said for a couple of things growing up in a war, but then also growing up in um, 1988 when you're coming out with this new flax oil. I'm eight years old in 1988, right? That's dating yeah. me for there. So I'm not aware of what the market was like. Tell me what's the health food market like, if there is one, what is the flaxseed aisle look like? If I, mean, I know there wasn't one in the grocery stores, but what was the, the, the culture around fats first off? Were we in yeah. the non-fat stuff yet or is that still coming? And then second, well, what was the health? No, in 1979, uh, the, the, um, the food pyramid was created that put carbs at the bottom for Yay. what you should eat the most of and fats at the top for what you should eat least of. That didn't happen in 79. I got poisoned the next year. Everybody's on low fat. Everybody thought fats are bad. Everybody thought eat fat, get fat. This right. is not true. Then uphill against the low fat tide. The only other person who was bucking that tide was Atkins on the Atkins diet, but he got the wrong fats. And yeah, I had four radio shows with him. He liked me because I promoted fats, even though his fats were the right ones. And I said that to him on radio, <laughs> on, his, on his New York show on WOR in New York. Right. Because Atkins so, was basically eat as much protein and as much fat as you want. So people are piling up on bacon with a side of bacon and deep fried butter and cheeses yeah. and everything you want. But you yeah, said- Yeah, and he, and he died off his diet uh, when he was 72. Oh, that is heartbreaking. So, yeah, so he, he, he picked the wrong fats. And so literally we built that. Uh, but because we made it clear that there are in fats two essential nutrients, omega-3 and omega-6, that every cell in the body needs and can't make, they have to come from outside. These are the good fats. This is the only thing you need from fats. Saturated fats, you don't need. Monounsaturated fats, you don't need. You know, but those two, you have to have. And so we made, we made that clear. And the book was called Fats That Heal, Fats That Kill, because there are two opposite stories on fats. And we were only getting the fats that kill story. And I brought in the fats that heal story. Developed a method for making oils with health in mind to protect them from light, oxygen, and heat. That requires very tight systems. Put them in brown glass bottles with a box around it to pr yep, I remember protect that. them from light. Put them in the refrigerator to protect them from heat, to keep them fresh. So this is like, we're talking about uh, perishable goods. They're like salads, like lettuce, right? So you got to give it this, the same kind of care if you want them to unfold their health benefits in your body. And so we did that and it's a lot of work we don't, we, you know, we didn't say, oh, let's make something that we can stick under our bed for three years and then take it out and eat it and it'll still be okay. No, no, this is perishable stuff. You want to get it fresh. And so we built that whole, that whole thing because I knew what the issues were. I had the science background. So we built a program. I grew up on farms. So I was pretty good at tinkering, right? 
and then haywiring things, putting things together, figuring it out. So it was fun. It was a huge project for me. And, and I was really shy because I came out of a war and I yeah, okay. didn't, never felt safe. And I ate, read a lot of books, but I never liked to talk to more than one person at a time because I couldn't m monitor everybody's, everybody's, uh, you know, everybody's whatever they were looking for. And I could do a one on one, but if you have a whole room full of people, everybody's got a different agenda. How do you address that? And the enthusiasm I developed for being able to help so many people drag me through all of my fears and all of my hesitations and all of my resistances, you know, and as a school kid, if I had to give a, a um, you know, a, a presentation in front of the class, I would find a reason not to go to school. I was that shy. And now, I, now, I mean, if I know what I'm talking about, I'll get on stage. I don't even get butterflies. I just try to be really present because, and I, and, and I like not to talk from notes because I want it to be spontaneous. I want it to be live. I wanted to be able to move with the conversation and with the audience. And you can't do that when you read scripts or you do slideshows. So I, I ditched all of that and I would do my writing beforehand. But when it came to getting up and talking about it, I would go and do it spontaneously. Yeah, and you do that. So really, I would do really prep. Well. I, which yeah, I, I would do. What I want. Yeah, I would do prep, quick, but I wouldn't use the notes. Yeah, I want to ask you about kind of yeah. that, that startup phase. We talked about the concept, the enthusiasm, the why, yeah. um, but I want to talk a little bit about the practical. So when I think about launching a business, especially a perishable product business, there's a lot of people, I think about the inventor entrepreneur who goes, I got a widget, I got an idea, everybody needs yeah. it. But yeah. how do you get to practically now I need to produce it? Are you making oodles oil in the bathtub for the first round? Are you taking a loan out and getting a huge factory? How are you kind of bridging the gap from the idea of I need to get as many fats with health in mind to people as yeah. I can <clears throat> to, hey, I got the Whole Foods deal and we got it working like clockwork. There's a big gap in between. Tell me about how yeah. that kind of started. And yeah. what well, you know what? I never thought way. about that gap. I worked with some other well, people. You lived in it at some point, right? Yeah. I never thought about money. I just... It was the enthusiasm that drove the entire thing. People came in. Uh, I was making royalties on a book. I was selling 8,000 copies of the book. So I think I was making about 8,000. I probably made a couple of bucks, 8,000 uh, 8, a year, a couple of bucks, 16,000, 20,000 a year is probably what my income was, right? And that's more that's than almost it. every- One guy was on welfare. One guy was on unemployment. One guy had done projects before, so he kind of handled the finance stuff. And we didn't have money to pay our suppliers. So what, what we did is we always had to make, he did, but he did this. I didn't do this. He would figure out who he was going to pay and how little he would pay them just to let them know that we were going to honor our, our bills and to, to continue to do business with us. So it was very tight, but I don't remember ever having a concern about it. We were just on fire. I mean, we were just on fire. And all of the, um, and, and, and my focus was, I, I designed the machinery. I came up with the idea. I did the education. I wrote the book. So I was the point man for the project. And that's interesting. You and, actually came up and with And I made decision after well. decision after decision, tons of business decisions who we would do business with and how we would do business and what the criteria were all based on my understanding of fats and, and health. Um, 
and we would we we had a very clear stake in the ground what we would do business with i'll give you an example okay. somebody would you know we created a buzz around flax oil before i became deficient on it because it's poorly balanced and developed a blend so we created a buzz and everybody wanted to carry the oil flax oil right and there are like a lot of distributors in north america and they and we would have a meeting and so we would have do a very short interview the interview went like this do you have refrigeration if the answer was yes i would pass them off to the guy who did the business deals to figure out if they could do business together if they said no my second question was are you willing to bring it in we want because we want this stuff refrigerated in your warehouse if they said yes i would say to them call us when you have it and if they said no i would say this is a good time to end the interview we would not do business with people who were not willing to take the kind of care that we felt our precious oil needed in order to bring those benefits that i was so excited about bringing to people so we so we had very strict rules and it was so fun it was so fun to have a standard and to live to that standard and to build to that standard and if anything to raise the standard but not to cut corners and and turn it into just another junk let, let's make junk to make money what do you and tell somebody me, that the money was not as a, important to me right. as the goal of helping people i love that what do you tell someone who is in that same kind of thing where they're getting momentum and they're moving, but then they yeah. have some quote unquote big name. Like, let's just pretend that Whole Foods came to you and said, hey, we want to have your oil, but, and then they gave you a compromise line. They said it has to be done this way, or you have to make it cheaper or fill in the blank, right? You can't put it in a box anymore because that doesn't look good on our shelves. What yep. do you tell someone who's in that place where maybe they, because I think there's some um, intimidation perhaps of now this big name is going to help us but they want me to change what I'm committed to. What was your stance? I think I know what it is, but what would you tell someone that's maybe new? Well, some of the guys, yeah, some of the guys I worked with were willing to compromise our standards. I was never willing to do that. I would literally say to them, you know what? I don't care how big you are. If you're not doing it the way it needs to be done, and I'm the expert on that because I know this stuff, we're not doing it with you. Like we had people, we had uh, one chain store that has like four, 4,000 stores, maybe three or 4,000 stores. They don't have refrigeration. They weren't willing to bring it in. We never did business with them. Even though, you know, there's only 11,000 stores in North America and they've got 4,000. So you're talking about not doing business with a third of the, of the, the entire trade. We, we were not willing to compromise it because the deal was this. If they didn't have refrigeration, they would put it on the shelf. It would sit on the shelf. The taste would go off. It would go rancid. It would get damaged. They might not get the results. And the word would get around, and that would hurt us. In the long term, it, was hurt, it would hurt us more than the, than the benefit we got from being able to go into those 4,000 stores. And I was really clear about it. But I was really clear about it. And then I had the enthusiasm. You know, like you can't intimidate someone who is filled with inspiration. Why? Because inspiration is the power of God, right? I, I'm, I'm, I don't mean that in a religious sense. Oh, I love that. Inspiration is very powerful, right? Life is the power and, and life is the master. And when, that, and when that comes to expression into the world through inspiration, which is what the process is, then their intimidation is not even a, it's not even a topic. I don't ever remember feeling intimidated by anybody. I was that sure of what I was doing.
And you're one of the very few that can do that in, in almost in all directions. And I just, I, I can see it on your face right now. You know, you might be listening to this as, as Udo and I are talking, but mm-hmm. you can see his face. He's just been smiling ear to ear saying, yeah. like, I knew that I knew that I knew, and you're never going to change course. At what point did you start? Well, okay, off- no, no, that's not true. Occasionally, I'll find out something that I thought was one way and it turns out another way. I'll change oh, sure. Course. Yeah, yeah. No, I did that, that too. Absolutely. And I would tell people I made a change and people respected that. So I didn't, I didn't have to be the expert who has all the answers and makes them up if he doesn't have them. Yes. So it was, it was like, it was from the heart and it was honest and it was straightforward and it had power behind it because I was sitting in that power. How long did you, how long did you have the first product launch, the flaxseed oil before you began looking at expanding your offering and saying, Hey, let's were you were you adapting versions of that as you went until you felt like it was as good as it was going to be? And that, like I'm thinking about your probiotics and you have different lines yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. How far down the track or how stable did you feel like you needed to get? What was the distinction for you that said, hey, we should add something else? Was it just what was needed? Was it because of where the business was? Talk about yeah. kind of how you began expanding. Yeah, great question. Okay. Well, thank it you. started out as a as a one-trick pony. You know, I got into I got into oils because they're the least well understood area and nobody was doing it. So it, it was an open space for me to 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 create something. And then I found out how important they are and how sensitive they are. It's like, oh, my God, I will not have a lot of competition because most people don't want to take the kind of care that this is going to require. So that was that was very helpful from that perspective. On the one hand, it's a pain in the butt to have to give it that much care. But on the other hand, the payoff is that not many people want to do it so that you own the territory. So once that was done, I started thinking, okay, well, what's the next thing I, I'd like to do? And I got into digestion because digestion in my view is the second most neglected area. And in that area, we got into digestive enzymes because they're killed, they're in foods, but are killed when the foods are cooked. And probiotics, they're on foods in nature, but they're, they're killed when the food is cooked. The enzymes are destroyed, the probiotics are killed. So we need to replace them. And when you replace the enzymes and the probiotics, and then you head into the direction of more fiber, you're doing the three things that are most important to make digestion work that are being neglected and that are causing people lots of problems. So that was really, that was just an extension of it. Then the third thing I got into is I realized it's true for me and it's true for many people. Many people know a lot of good things about health and they're not putting them in practice. And I was like, why is that? You know, why don't I do it? And what I realized is that, that the reason why people who have good information about health don't put it into practice is because it's too much work. And it's too much work because they don't feel inspired. Because when it. you I'm get right inspired, it frees energy. You get out of your thinking ruts. You love being alive so much that you say, you know what? I will do whatever it takes to have a longer life and better health. So then I realized I got to give accurate information. But inspiration is as important as that information. So I made inspiration nutrient one. That, I mean, right? I, I'll tell you, that's a much better food pyramid to me. Yeah. <laughs> is, you know, yeah. inspiration yeah. is the base, not grains yeah. and toast. <laughs> yeah. And then I got into, into some other, other things, uh, 
uh, herbal products. Um, and and we, we still haven't done everything we wanted to do in that arena. Um, uh, but then the other thing that happened is at one point I thought, you know, the two things I want to do before I before my body croaks is number one, I want to turn health into a teachable field, systematically organized, teachable, consumer friendly, so that people can actually understand what their health is and can take the steps they want to take in order to improve it. Because we've never done that. We've been here for 200,000 years. You know, we know more about the principles and components of watches than we know about our own body. And it's like, how stupid is that? Yeah, and 200,000 years. Our bodies are though. Now, 200,000 years. What, what, and it's not that complicated. What's your perspective on the compli how complicated the human body is? Because on one side, it's super simple. But yeah. you could also argue how complex it is where if you're if you're talking about how can I teach the field of money? Hey, I think yeah. Dave Ramsey does a great job in going, hey, there's seven baby steps. If you just follow this, follow yeah. that, you get to where you want to go with money. Yeah. When, with the human body, and I suppose there there is simplicity to it. But do you, I'm guessing that you see it very simple where some yeah. people see it as very, very complex. Yeah. What does it all boil down to for you when it comes to health? It's you got inspiration, okay. fats, digestion. Yeah. Well, what, I, what's in your I, mind? Well, first, let me explain like why I do it this way, and then I'll and then I'll talk tell you what the peeps the, what the pieces are. If you think about how life developed on this planet, like our life, human life, human bodies developed within a natural system, and the genetic program that runs show the show has to be able to respond to whatever is going on in the environment. So fundamentally, if you want to be to healthy, you need to be living in line with nature and your nature. And if you look at it that way, you look around, you say, you know what, everything affects health, everything, who you hang out with affects your health, what your environment looks like affects your health. How, what your skills level is in dealing with crisis, emergency and stress affects your health, what you eat, how you how active you are, how your digestion works, with, how you deal with toxins in the environment, everything, how you feel about being alive, whether you're inspired, whether you are content or discontent, and whether you're how you are with the fact that your body is a terminal condition in an infinite universe, how you are with that, everything affects health. So you have to, if you want to be fully healthy, you have to give every part its due. And the eight parts, five are human nature, three are surroundings or environment. So, so you begin with the foundation. The foundation is, I call it internal awareness, but you could also call it inner peace, or you could call it the foundation of existence, both your existence and the existence of the universe. That foundation is, is awareness or consciousness or peace, or the field, as physicists call it, or God, whatever you call that. So that's the foundation. In that place is where your wholeness lives. In that place is your presence. In that place is perfect peace, as a not as an absence of war, but as a presence of something that you experience and feel and are whole and are one in never gets sick, never dies, has no form. That's why has no form. So it can never lose its form. So you got to give that some attention. How do you do that? You sit down, get really still, see how deep you can go into that stillness, see how long you can stay there and discover what it feels like to be in that stillness. So it's a, it's a personal 
individual practice. That's number one. On top of that, you have life energy. Life energy is solar energy that goes into green leaves that stimulates electrons, excites them, then they react and they form bonds between atoms that make molecules. And the energy, solar energy is stored in those bonds. You eat those as carbs or fats or proteins or whatever, your body breaks them down. That energy, that solar energy is released. That's your life. Your life energy is solar energy. But when you look at, when you sit still and look inward into that energy, you can see it as light, you can hear it as sound, you can feel it as love, and you can even taste it as sweetness. That's life energy. Again, formless, flow, never gets sick, never dies. So that's the second thing that you can spend time with and feel whole. And what does it look like to spend time with that? I mean, when you talk about solar energy, I know there's there's a higher, there's a spiritual aspect, there's, yeah. there's a higher aspect to it. But in the practical terms, is this making sure I'm in the sun and making sure that I'm walking on grass with my shoes off? What does that look like? Yeah, we're not there yet. We're not. Oh, there we're not yet. there yet. Okay. No, no. Um, Keep, bro. Keep going. We'll get to the sun, the sun and the grass. Um, <laughs> but the thing is that what you call mo what you call spiritual is mostly ideas. Yes. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about going deeper than your ideas can go into the, into the experience, into the direct, raw, personal, internal experience of what it feels like, sounds like, looks like, and tastes like to be alive. And that is just a pure experience. You're actually walking out of your thinking mind to experience that. Now, the people who talk about it are not, you know, when they do their practice, if they have experience and they're not just talking out through their hat, if they have an experience in that experience, aren't the words. They try to use the words to explain it, but the words don't take you there. You have to leave the words to get into the experience. And it just means all the time, means you take some time in your life. You know, we talk about work hard and play hard. You also got to do nothing. You That's your balance. <laughs> That's your balance, right? And in that, in that place, which most entrepreneurs and most doers do the least, is where your balance comes from so you don't get burned out. So being is more important than doing because you can be without doing, but you can't do without being. So being is the foundation. And most people live without foundation because they don't spend time getting out of their doing because we're addicted to doing yes, and addicted are. to thinking. We need to become addicted to being as much as we are to doing. There's, there's the balance. So that's number two is life energy. Number three is inspired creativity. That's the shine of the life energy into the world. It's the positive part of mind. It's where invention and creativity and genius come from. It's where the stuff that I did with fats, that's where that came from, as a, out, out of an inspiration into the world. That's number three. Number four is physical body. We talk food and fitness, but there's also digestion. There's also rest and recovery. There's also uh, uh, avoiding toxins and detox. That's part of number four. Number five is survival smarts. And that depends, number one, on being able to stay in the calm place in your, in your space under fire and, and learning the skills 
for the predictable crises that will arise in whatever situation you live in. They could be personal, interpersonal, they could be environmental issues like volcanoes and tidal waves and stuff like that. So learning the skills, fires, floods, learning the skills to deal with predictable crises. And that's number five. Number six is social group, who you hang out with. You know, as kids, we used to yell at each other when, when, we, when we got angry, you make me sick, you know, because we knew even as kids that other people affect our health. Then number, that's number six. Number seven is uh, environment, natural environment. You know, there's a, if you, if you poop in your nest, you will nest in your poop. That's Yay. sums up every environmental issue. And uh, it is a four letter word, but it's, it's, it's a, it's a, a, a usable one. Um, so, and so how we affect the environment, what kind of an, an environment we live in makes a difference to our health. And then number seven, uh, that's number seven. Number eight is the fact that we're terminal. Body is terminal, a terminal condition, no matter what you do and how well you eat and all the other stuff that you do, the body is still a terminal condition. And one day, because it has form, it will lose its form. And this all takes place in an infinite universe and being okay, being present to that, being aware of that and still being okay and not going around going, right? Not being fearful in the, in, in the mid, you know, in the midst of the fact that the body is terminal. Right. And when you do, when you give each of those, which each one of those has a different nature and a different function, needs a different kind of attention, goes off in a different way and responds to a different kind of intervention. And the cherished state is to be fully present in all of your being and your surroundings, not lost in thoughts in your head, and to live able to respond fully with all your being to whatever changes happen that, that are just part of natural, that are natural and part of living in the world. That's, so that's the, so it's fully present in your own nature and then fully present in your surroundings. And, you know, when you live like that, everything becomes easy. Everything becomes easy because you're fully there. You're not, you're not, oh, oh, I didn't know that was going to happen. Oh, 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 you know, oh, they said that. Oh, he didn't like me. You know, when you're fully present in your, in your own, in the space your body occupies, there is so much power in that space. There is so much wisdom in that space. There is so much love in that space. There is so much peace in that space. There is so much beauty in that space. There is magnificence in that space. There is awesomeness in that space. When you live in that, first of all, people like that because everybody has a built-in need to, to go there because it's the best experience a human being can have. And people will work better with you and you won't tick them off and you'll do you'll you'll keep your your promises and you'll 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 not fib your way through through your you know into your bank account and you know you'll just like live full on and people that that's very attractive and people want to do business with you and your friends will will respect you and you know and and if they can't handle that kind of energy, they will actually bounce out of your they sphere. Will. I've seen that many times. You know, I, I love Uta, this conversation. I love the the turn or not a turn that it took, but the elevation that it took Yeah. from how do you not burn out and what's the basis of health and your business to really you're talking. These are like principles for a well-lived life principles. Absolutely. Yeah. Create the things that we yeah. desire. Um, yeah. So can we, you know, talk you know if about, you're the fire, you can't burn out. Yeah. Come on. So let's talk <laughs> about, let's talk to the person though, that heard what you just said and they shook yeah. their head and, and went, dang, I am in trouble. 
because that is not me. I'm not living that way. Where can I start if if I'm if you know if I'm running the rat race, so to speak? If I'm I, you know they're listening to this podcast and look, you're there right now, and you're thinking I got to get this marketing email out, and I got to have this meeting, and I'm doing this, and I'm behind the eight ball on that, and then my wife's yeah. mad or my husband's mad because I haven't spent any time with them. My kids, I'm going to miss the baseball game, and and it's like, hang on, yeah. breathe. Where do I start to? Be present in my environment. Yeah. Well, first of all, first of all, yeah. First of all, I wasn't always there either. I was born in a war. This is not what you learn in a war. Which war were you born in and where? Second World War, 1942 in Poland. Wow. Which was then part of Germany. To parents who came from Latvia, the communists chased them out of Latvia. We ended up in Poland. That's where I was born. We then got chased out of Poland and we left Germany when I was 10 and uh, went to Canada. And that must long be a story, but that's a significant but, launching pad for so, you becoming yeah, you. So, but to go back to your question, which is the most important question. So I'm so glad you asked it. Here's the thing you need, if you want a good life, you need to set a standard. And I've done that in a number of ways. I'll give you one example. I once decided that I had never really loved a woman unconditionally. And so I decided I want to love one woman unconditionally in my lifetime. And so I picked a woman. It was obvious because this, this woman to me was worth loving unconditionally. And the moment that I set the standard, I started seeing every time I had expectations and my love wasn't unconditional. And because I had set the standard, I noticed that if I hadn't set the standard, I wouldn't have noticed. So that means, okay, so that, so I saw my expectation. So, oh, just failed in my, in my mission for unconditional love for a woman. Then I would look at what that was. Then I would sort it out, maybe find out where that came from, why I had that stupid idea and get back on track. And that happened many times. And I learned a lot about how to love someone, you know, not just women, but human beings generally, because I set the standard. How about this one? At one point, in, in when my life got really crazy and things weren't working, I decided to find out, you know, how could I be the best person that is possible to be? And then you look, then I looked around, where's my, where's my examples? And my example was always either a Buddha or a Krishna or a Lao Tzu or a Socrates or a Christ, or there's a bunch of them. Huang Po, and, and there's a bunch of them. And there were books written, sometimes by them, sometimes about them, and stories told about them. And you kind of got the feeling these were like lit up people. These people were really lit up inside. Of course, that's what enlightenment means, right? Lit up from within. So I said, I, you know, at one point, because I came out of the Western culture, so Christianity was what I was most familiar with. I got to a point where I said, I want to have the feeling that Christ had that inspired the Sermon on the Mount, that I want to have the feeling, the experience that he had that made him able to heal and seemingly very easily. So I want to have that experience. And so what I did is I set that standard is that I never said, saw anything in the scripture that said, no one else can be like that. I have heard churches say that, but I've never heard the masters say that we couldn't all be like the masters were. So mastering what the masters mastered is a really good standard to set. So I set that standard. 
And every time I wasn't up to it, I'd fall on my face. I get, I'd get to look at what was that? You know, how, how, what was my thinking? You know, what was it that interfered with me being able to perform at that level? And I would learn and I would learn and I would learn and I would learn. Eventually I had some, some very powerful experiences, some in, uh, in Tony Robbins groups, but some completely by myself in nature had experiences that gave me insights that helped me along that. And at one point I learned how to sit still and somebody actually showed me how to do that. Sit still and go deeper, go deeper, go deeper, become more and more and more and more present in the space that my body occupies because that's where all that juice lives. That's where that light is. That's where that sound is. That's where the life energy is. That's where the awareness is sourced. And so I started practicing that and I've been at it now for almost 50 years. The issue is, it's not like, oh my God, I'm not where he is. The issue is set the standard and chase the standard because it is possible for every human being on this planet, 8 billion people to live fully present in all of their being and their surroundings, just like the masters did. Every one of the 8 billion people can do that. And do you know, imagine what kind of a world we would live in if that was actually a standard that we set and lived towards and lived into. I couldn't and say then, that better, man. You just said, set the standard and chase the standard. And without the standard, you have no aim. You don't know what you're looking for. You're just shooting into the dark, really, in almost everything in life. Right. Um, and and then the, the second, the, the other thing I would say is think big, think global. Because it takes no more effort to think globally than it does to think, you know, the size of your bedroom, right? Absolutely. Think globally. Think big. Think as big as you can. Why? Because it isn't any more work than to think small. So that's <laughs> another standard to set. And then look at what is, the, what is the most amazing possibility that could exist for you if you didn't listen to all your naysaying thoughts and ideas or the naysaying thoughts and ideas of everybody else who wants to, who would rather have you be a little slave to their agenda rather than fulfill the life that you were given by the kindness of a universe that is amazing <laughs> at creating people and situations. It sure is. Well, this is, right. uh, as we kind of wind down our time here, I can't believe how much is gone, but <laughs> this, I mean, I'm just sitting here just listening and I, I know everyone else is right now too, but what I want to get to also is I know you have a ton of resources. Yeah. The, you know, you mentioned books and there's courses and there's all these things that you've done in addition to the health products as well. What do yeah. you, what product or gift or resource are you most inspired by like today as we talk right now that you want to get in the hands of everybody? I want you to plug it, talk about it, share it, whatever you uh, want to do. I just, I so appreciate you. And I'd, I'd love yeah. to get your inspiration into the hands of everyone listening. Yeah. Well, the, the thing is you have to understand I'm a work in progress and what I'm putting together as, as, what I'm what I'm putting out is also work in progress. So for the for the physical products, udoschoice.com, that's where we talk about what we what we did and how we did it and why we did it that way. Udoschoice.com, U-D-O-S choice.com. And then we have some courses and and some educational materials on 
udoerasmus.com or the udo, T-H-E-U-D-O.com. And I'm on, uh, I have a YouTube channel and I'm on Instagram and I'm on Facebook. I'm not hard to find. And I'm basically going along in my life. My goal is that 8 billion people could live their lives lit up from within because the light's already within all of us. It's called life. It's a matter of looking into it instead of looking away from it. We're mostly looking away from it. And there's a reason for that that is in our, in our basically in our, in our, in our makeup. So we, we get taken out by movement, by, by change in the outside world. That happens automatically, and it's important for physical survival for the time we have. But going back has to be deliberate. And what calls us back is heartache. Whenever your heart aches, you feel uneasy, you feel it in your chest, and it's triggered by grandma dying or the dog running away or somebody dumping you or somebody bre breaking a trust. And we have a lot of different names for this ache, loss and grief and sadness and emptiness, blues, longing, uh, separation, isolation. We've got lots of names for this same feeling. That feeling is the starting point that you want to sit with. Mostly we try to distract ourselves from because it's not comfortable. You want to sit with that, get really quiet into it and drop behind it because less than a hair's breadth behind that heartache, that thirst of the heart, that ache is your wholeness. And, and being able to bring your awareness back to the wholeness that has always been in you, but that you lost connection with by chasing the world and to get to a point where you're whole in your being and active in the world is very different from being discontent and being active in the world. If you're discontent, you, you will be destructive. If you're content, you'll be, you'll be uh, constructive and creative. And so, so that's to, what to aim for. And whatever you find on, in, my, in my presence on the internet that will help you there, that's what I would recommend you you do. Um, but there are lots of other places you can go. I'm not the only game in town, but I'm very clear about what, what, what I think is possible for every human being. And I'm going to push that for the time I have on this planet, because honestly, we're, we're, it's, it's 200,000 years overdue, this transformation to, pre to, to presence in our own life is 200,000 years overdue. I couldn't say it better myself. So that <laughs> whether you are looking at, I need to get some energy, lose some weight, get rid of the pain in the body. If you're in that space, go check out yeah. Udo's Choice, all the products. Yeah. I mean, you're everywhere, Whole Foods, wherever you get health yeah. products, you're going to find it there. Um, yeah. your... The best way, just to, yeah. to interrupt you a little, to, to the best way to get rid of the pain yeah. is, by, is by finding the joy, hmm. right? That's it. So if you're in the place where you're looking for this whole last, really the second half of this time we've spent together, if this is what's speaking to you, the higher notion of yourself, the understanding how to sit and drop behind the pain, the separation, the feeling, exactly what he just said, and finding that wholeness and growing to the best possible version of you for the time that you have. This got real deep, real big, real fast. And I want to thank, uh, thank my friend Udo for that, for the insight and for the connection and the conversation um, I didn't know where it was going to go when we reconnected here, but I'm sure glad yeah. uh, to see where it went. Yeah. Well, and thank you because I can't do that with everybody. So <laughs> you got it. You must have a couple of screws loose too. <laughs> so you made, so you made it easy for me.
And I appreciate you uh, doing this because I think the message is a good message. And uh, I, I don't know a better message. If, if I did, I'd be putting it out. <laughs> I, I, I love it. Udo, thanks, my friend. All right, Matt, thank you. All right, guys, that is the show this week. Um, make sure you follow Udo Erasmus, it's U-D-O. You'll find him all over on YouTube, on Instagram, on all social media. Check out the Udo's Choice brand. Um, I mean, we got it in our fridge right now. We just picked up some more of the Udo's oil. I've had it in a little yeah. bottle, in a little box in my fridge for years and years. I mean, I'm, this is almost at least 15 years, maybe going on more, um, but at least since 2005, 2006. So yeah. go check out and, all that stuff. And, and then follow and your body Udo. needs an oil change. And what? <laughs> And your body needs an oil change. Your body needs an oil change. We're going <laughs> to end with that. Your body needs an oil change. I'll see you next week. A lot right. more enlightened, a lot better oil change with another driven entrepreneur. Bye-bye. <laughs>